Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Today, I know you're standing, but today, I just want to share something. Something happened to me a couple of weeks ago when Brother Boyd asked me to speak today. Was, me and Brother Chris was actually sitting in his office, and he asked us at the same time. And But as he asked me, if I could do it this Sunday, I, I was sitting there. I told him, I, yeah, I told him, you know, obviously I told him I could. But as I was sitting in the chair in his office, God gave me three words out of the scripture. And today that word is going to be my title today. But it's actually a scripture out of the word. And I believe it's a, if it's a, get too far ahead of my notes, but I believe it's a warning to us today. And I believe that's where the scripture today is as I read. If you want to turn with me to chapter uh, Luke, chapter, verse seven, uh, chapter 17, I'm going to read verse 28. <clears throat> but like I say, today, is this has never happened to me before. I've always got my messages together afterwards, but God spoke something to me, and I believe it was for today. And I believe it was a couple of weeks ago, but he knew who was going to be here today. And he knew what we was going to be going through today. Luke chapter 17 and verse 28 says, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they brought, bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Verse 30 says, Even thus saith it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. And verse 32 is the three words he gave me, said in Brother Boyd's office. He said, remember Lot's wife. Today, if you will, lay your Bibles down and go into prayer with me today. Lord, right now, Lord Jesus, touch me, Lord Jesus. This is, I'm just a vessel, just a flesh vessel today, Lord Jesus. Move through me today, Lord Jesus, and minister the words from through me today, Lord Jesus, to this congregation, Lord. Lord Jesus, touch each one here today. Lord Jesus, let them be, let them feel your anointing today. Let them feel your words today. Lord Jesus, let this word be brought to you as I brought to me. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Remember Lot's wife, Jesus, Jesus said. That is probably the most dramatic, most potent illustration that the master ever used in one of his sermons. He said, remember Lot's wife. Throughout the, whole, the, book of, throughout the history of the Bible, there was, he, she was the only one, the only time that he said, remember someone. As we read through the context, it is very obvious that these words that were being applied to those living here today. They weren't just living to the ones that he was actually speaking to. These words were for us today. 
If you look at Lot's wife, I, I kind of did some research because that's all I've ever heard her referred to, so I just wondered if the Scripture had her by name. And, I, and everywhere I found that most commentaries, they had few opportunities, said that they, you know, some word names that they thought was her name, but really she was only referred to as Lot's wife. So that kind of lets me bring, you know, something to us. How do, and we find this, familiar with this story, is the angels, you know, goes to him, and I'm going to, get ahead of myself, but the angels goes to him and brings them out because of the destruction. He's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he brings Lot's wife out. Right in the middle of the scriptures where I'm reading, we find him talking about the Son of Man coming. He talks about, you know, he says, remember, he was telling them to remember this things, and he's talking about remember, you know, that, that in the days of Lot, you know, remember how, how the destruction, how the evil was in that world. And he was kind of bringing that to our memory. He said, you know, look at the world we live in today. Brother Chris kind of mentioned that today. The world we live in today is, is on a downward, downward spiral. And that's, why I think, what God was, was telling each one of us. And in this story, he was saying, in the days of Lot, remember in the days of Lot, remember what I did in the days of Lot. I destroyed them. And right in the middle of what he was saying, he says, you know, as, as when the Son of Man comes, you know, if you're on, in their house, you know, he's talking about where you're at, where you, you know, leave at that point. And all this time, he's telling us what to look forward to. But then he stops in verse 32 and he says, remember Lot's wife. I believe that was not just a added into some words into the statement, but I believe that was a, a, a severe warning to the ones that heard his voice, and to us today. What does that woman of long ago have to do with people who are watching the closing out of history today? That's a question I ask myself. What did does she, this lady way back here, because God wanted, he put it in the, in the Bible, and I don't think there's anything in this book that's not in there for a reason. And I believe this challenge to us, to us, to remember Lot's wife. Why did the master relate Lot's wife to our day. Jesus used her as a fearful and a strong warning to how he's going to deal with sin. She became cold, she became careless, and she became disobedient. Finally, the judgment of God fell upon her and she became a pillar of salt on the plains of Sodom. I believe that one of the most deadly perils for God's people in the last days is that we're going to slowly slip away from the truth, just as Lot's wife did. Jesus warned them that the loss of the spiritual power is, takes place almost inevitably. We find in Matthew 24 and 12 that, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Today, as we find this, time again and again, we find this world, we find ourselves slipping away from what is really true. As pressures of the conformity and compromise crowd in, the faith gradually erodes and it disappears. Brother Chris was talking about it in the scriptures and he stopped. He's talking about compromise. He says, this, we, we are compromising where we compromising our faith. We're compromising things of this world. And he stopped because I believe God brought a warning today. I believe that's why God spoke this word to me because it is a warning from the scriptures today because we're compromising too many things. We're compromising too many things in our life. 
We're compromising too many areas of our world. A new convert, when a new convert comes into the church, they're willing to do anything and go anywhere for God. Their, that their spirit is almost contagious and it's a joy to be held. But slowly, as life becomes in their life, life begins to withdraw. They begin to withdraw from the participation and even attendance at church. Sometimes in our life, we take this for granted. We come and sit on the church pew. And we know what we believe. We know what to do. We know how to dress right. But we come and sit on a pew and we compromise that praise. We compromise our worship. And we compromise the truth in our life. And that's where we find Lot's wife. How can you explain the lack, the slacking of spiritual power? How does the devil steal the very heart out of a Christian's experience? One thing is certain. It doesn't happen overnight. It don't happen suddenly. It is a gradual, gradually fade. People lose their love for the truth by degrees, one level at a time. Little by little, they lower their standards and compromise their faith until there's nothing remains except for a dead, empty form of a man they used to be. After reading all that Jesus said about those who, who are to be saved, we see one absolute truth standing out clearly. There will be no divided hearts in heaven. There will be no half surrender on the part of the redeemed. The Lord Jesus used Lot's wife as an example of those in the last days who will, not be, who will be single-minded for the truth, who will love material things more than things of God. Luke 14 and 33 says, So likewise, whosoever be he be of you that forsake not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Today, I don't want to find myself not being his disciple. But let's come back to the story of Lot's wife. And let's try to understand what Jesus is wanting us to learn from her example. According to the Bible's record, she belonged to one of the finest families of the East. She's, she just belongs to one of the families of the greats of the Bible. We talk about Abraham. Who do, what do you think about? You think about Abraham as being a spiritual leader. And you say, how does someone from his lineage become a pillar of salt? As the nephew of Abraham, Lot shared in tremendous faith of his uncle and prayed at Abraham's altar. When you talk about where Lot came from and the spirit we find in his lineage, how did he fall? How did his family fall so far away from God? Lot went right along with Abraham, not, not knowing where the call might lead. Together they brought their families and entered in a place of the promised land and offered sacrifice and thanksgiving. Here we find Lot shoulder to shoulder with Abraham. And we still ask ourselves that question. How did Lot's family wind up where they did? The dissension... The dissension erupted between the two herdsmen of their, the herdsmen of their two wealthy kingsmen. And then they come to this crossroad that they had to make a choice. 
Abraham gave Lot the choice and just kind of catching us up in the story where, where we see Lot make his turn. Lot was given the choice of direction as the whole land stretched out before him. One side laid on him verbent hills with lofty trees and the other led down into the crowded centers of commerce and trade. The materialistic appeal of the properest cities had an immediate impact on Lot's life. The Bible records that very simple that he pitched his tent towards Sodom. We find ourselves in life, sometimes in our life, here Lot was praying at the same altars with Abraham. But then he went, we find Lot pitching his tent towards Sodom. So many times in our life it's so easy we can be coming to church. We can be, everything look right. Everything probably looked right in Lot's life. But he pitched his tent towards Sodom. The predictable platform pattern of future tragedy was settled by that very early decision to move towards those wicked cities. Lot stands forth as a man of good intentions. Lot had good intentions. Quite obviously, he did not actually plan to take his family towards sin. He just was looking out for his, looking out for the best of his family. He thought, well, here would be the best place for my family to succeed. I know the truth. I'm grounded in the truth. But it would be okay to let me allow some things in here to profit my family. It would be an easier life if we'll just lean over here a little bit. Sometimes in our life, it's so easy for the enemy that we can allow just a little bit in because I know where I'm at. But the danger of that is, is, is I'm getting away from my notes, but the danger of that thing is for us as a parent is when we lean away from a little bit, we might know where to go back to. But them children behind us is following us. As, as we go just a little bit away, they're gonna be going a little bit further. So today is in our life, we have to lead by an example. Here, here Lot was looking towards Sodom. And then we find Lot in Sodom. And we find him participating in the things of Sodom. So just a little one decision in our life can change the destiny of our life. It was because of his, it was, how can we, one compromise led to another until finally we must have become totally demoralized Oh, the rebellion of his whole worldly family. How could it happen to the wife of Abraham's nephew? Was it perhaps because no one was praying for her in this situation? If you look at the scripture, Abraham prayed and fasted for his family every day. So it wasn't because they didn't have some praying person behind me. I'm, I'm, I'll stand here in the witnesses. I know I'm here today because I had praying, a praying grandmother, a praying mother when I wouldn't have enough sense to pray for myself. I had them praying. But that ain't the only thing that keeps us sometimes. We have that decision to make on our own. Was it because no warnings were given concerning the spiritual dangers? The scripture talks about angels warning them of this destruction. So we don't have, they had warning, just as we today, 
we have a whole book of warning of the temptations of this world. Was it because of the disbelief that God called them out of this place? No, I believe it. I know. I believe that Lot's wife believed what God is saying. If she wouldn't have believed, she wouldn't have believed the warning. You know, she actually started on her way out to safety. And that's a dangerous place sometimes we are in. Here we are sometimes sitting on a Pentecostal pew. We know where to go. We know what to look for. We know where our lives is going to be. What God is coming back for. But sometimes we sit there because we're, we got so much love for this world. She believed that the warnings and actually it left out. But there was no eagerness in her heart. And no enthusiasm about the warning. So many times in our life today, we have, we know that we see the warnings of God coming back. Just as sometimes tragedy fills church houses, and then days later, the same ones are gone. So sometimes in our, even as, as Christians, we call ourselves Christians, we may see something that stirs us. We may go to a camp meeting, or we may go to a revival, have a revival services and get stirred in our hearts and get plugged back into church. But when everyday life comes along, we'll begin to fall away again. We begin to allow things of this world to interfere with our relationship with God. With life and security awaiting for her in the mountaintops, she lingered. She was reluctant to leave her influential Sodom home. What was wrong with this woman? We may ask this question. She believed the destruction. She knew what was fit to happen. But she loved the world more than she loved God. She still believed the truth. She knew what she ought to do. She wanted to be saved. Yet she lingered. I'm here today to warn someone. I believe we know what to do. What we ought to be doing. And I believe we want to be saved. So we have to have that challenge today. We cannot linger when the move of God is moving. We still find many people actually like Lot's wife today. We find them, I want to say, just plugged in enough that they can feel the Spirit or feel like they're okay, but allowing the world to influence their lives. They also believe the truth. They know what they ought to do and they want to be saved. But they're lingering just as she did. Lot's wife, like Lot's wife, many of them waiting until the pull of the world overpowers the will to act. And they're not able to let go of the things of this world. The record describes how angels had to hold had took hold of their hands to hurry them out of this doomed city. Today, in this church, sometimes we have angels that's leading us. Today, I believe today this service is closing, as I'm closing today. I feel God gave me this challenge, or this warning to this church. I believe that there's somebody here today that is, is like Lot's wife. I feel this in my spirit today. I feel that there's someone here today 
that maybe allowed, allowed the world to draw their attention away from God. They may feel like they see, like, may seem like they're okay, but they really, and they look down deep in their hearts, they realize that God has, I mean, that the enemy has driven wedges between them and God. They begin to love the things of this world more than the things of God. Today, there may be someone here, I think today, I feel this in my spirit, that if you're not there yet, the world is drawing at you. The, the, draw, the things of this world are drawing you out towards sin. Young people, as, they, as you, you think the world is so much fun, the enemy puts that in your face. But today, it's not worth it. Remember Lot's wife. Today as we stand, I feel this today to give this, this challenge and this charge to this congregation. I feel that today as, as we remember Lot's wife, the deception that she came under, I think there's angels today that's trying to lead somebody out. Lead somebody out of destruction in their life. Today, if you feel that tug in your heart today to do something about your lifestyle or do something about your life, today that's angels trying to pull you away from destruction. Don't be like Lot's wife and look back because it may be too late for you. But today, if you feel that tug in your heart as we gather around the front today in family prayer, allow them angels angels to lead you away from destruction today in your life. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386 935 2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website again thank you for listening and we pray god's richest blessings on you and your family